Okay, so I basically was going to say welcome to Conversations with Omoji. Then I realized this is not my podcast, but still, still a conversation with Omoji. So we can still say welcome to Conversations with Omoji. All right. So I was on Bowen Baptist Sisters Fellowship Instagram live session today. And trust me, it was all shades of amazing. And I just felt that she shared what the Holy Spirit gave me inspiration as regards answering their answers with you. Just in case you might pick one or two lessons. Now, I thought I had the whole session recorded, but my network was really slow while answering those questions. And as such, it could not record. But then I heard that they have a record of the session. I'll probably just put it up for us to listen to it later on. But pending the time, we'll listen to the whole record. I think we should make do with audio. Okay, the first question that was thrown at me and I cut with my hands and I was able to break that was, I have a problem believing God loves me. What can I do? And I started with the whole analogy of, I have a problem believing that when rain falls, what actually comes down? I have a problem believing that. I mean, how can we say rain is falling and water is actually dropping from the skies? I mean, water. But you see, that I believe something does not change the reality. I can believe that God does not exist, but it doesn't change the fact that it does exist. So my belief might necessarily not tally with anything close to being reality. That's one thing I want you to know. So I have a problem believing God loves me. And I like the fact that she said it's a problem because if you don't believe that God loves you, it doesn't change the fact that he loves you. And then the first thing I actually did outline and as an answer is what you believe in can be different from reality. You have to understand that. And if you believe God does not love you, it doesn't change the fact that he does love you. John 3, 16 says that for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I cannot say anybody in our generation that probably wants to kill his or a child. Probably, I said, for the sin of people he doesn't even know exists yet. Like before he, the, before he is sacrificing his child for, he doesn't even know them yet. But yet, he's sacrificing that child. I don't think <laughs> there's anybody that wants to do that in our generation. This is the manner of love the Father has for us, even while we were yet sinners. He still chose to die for us. He didn't look at the fact that we just want to love me in return. So he just loves us. And that's why I'm emphasizing John 3 16 says that for God to love the world, why the world or what comprises of the world, yourself, myself, himself, ourself, we all compromise of that word love. So that's what I want you to take from me today. Regardless of what you believe in, God loves you. He came to the world in human form. He's his hand, his palm was pierced in. I don't think blade can just cut my hand and I won't feel the pain. Not stuck of a nail pressing through my palm from the front to the back. Yes, it took that much pain just so you can know that he does love you. Number two thing I actually outlined was work in the reality of what God has done for you. And how do I work in that reality? I realized, okay, God, God still of the world. I gave his only begotten son for me. And he said the reality there. Just believe and you have everlasting life. So you have a problem believing God loves you. 
begin to look at the reality of what he has done for you through his love. He died for you while you were yet sinners. He, he has so many things in the Bible that he has done for you. And then you can meditate over the stuff that he has done for you. And you will see that you will begin to fall in love with him. I mean, how can a man do this for someone he loves? That is, that is the realization you will get to know from Christ. How can, how can you do this? I can't even do this. I begin to realize what I cannot even do. He has done for me. So number one, your belief does not change your reality. Number two, begin to intentionally work in the reality of what he has done for you. And one way you can do that is to read the Bible. When you read the Bible, you will see the stuff he has done for you. Permit me to use that word. You will see, you will see the realities of what he has done for you. And then... You're waking up, you're sleeping, you agree. You hear, you breathe, you agree. Every single thing nourish that on one thing. He loves you. He loves you, that's why you're still alive. He loves you. It doesn't matter what has happened around you. Probably you've fallen into sin countless of number of times. Probably you've lost your parents in the journey. Probably you felt like if God truly loves you, this will not happen. And then I want to read out Romans 8.28 to you that says that, and we know that all things work together for good. Let's read the A, um, A part. And we know that all things does what? Work together for good. So Christ loves you and every single thing that is doing for you, is working out for your good. And that's why I like Jeremiah 29. It says that while you were yet in your mother's womb, he knew you. So before he even came out, he knew you. He had good plans for you. He had the plan to love you all and that is why he sent a son even before you came out. So that you do not come and begin to gather. He has made things work out for you on a platter of what? On a platter of love. So that answers the first question. So the second question is, I have a problem with attaining my goals. What can I do? And the first thing I said here is, goals are fantastic, goals are wonderful. And I like people that are goal-oriented. And then if you look at the great men of the world, they probably had goal first week, goal second week, goal third week, and goal setting and goal attaining became their their way of life. So they set a goal, I have to meet up with this goal, and you run with the goal, and that's what makes them great men. So basically, the first thing I would say is that let people motivate you to setting goals, but never let them pressurize you to setting goals. In the sense that um, my roommate in school or my colleague at work is probably doing this thing steadfastly back to back she's doing this or he's doing this every now and then and i feel like ah, uh-uh. is he the only person if he's doing that i can even do something that suffices better than what he's doing and then what do you do you go ahead to want to beat what he's doing and then you are pressurizing yourself um if you can get 10 over 10 in a week i should get 10 over 10 i should even get 11 over 10 no pressure in goals let those things that are doing motivate you. I cannot sit down and expect things to happen to me. I work for things to happen to me. Then it motivates you to what? Setting the goals in alignment with your vision. And I did make mention of that. It allows you to set your goals in alignment with your, with your vision, basically. And that is one thing I want you to know. Do not be pressurized to setting your goals. Be motivated to setting your goals. The second thing I didn't make mention was discipline. I like how Abraham Lincoln keeps it. He keeps it as discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want ultimately. 
and I was having a conversation with someone on Sunday and the person spoke about delayed gratification. And what that means is that choosing the comfort of tomorrow over the comfort of today. I mean, I want to go and sleep. As a matter of fact, I'm recording this thing a um, few minutes past one and trust me, sleep is in my eyes and I want to go and sleep. But I'm choosing the fact that someone can get to listen to this during the day and it blesses the person over my sleep of tonight and that is why i am up here recording it and that's the lead gratification rather than doing the day i'll say i'll record it during the day yes sure i'll record it during the day but what happens what if i probably have to run an errand for them at home what if work pops up and i have to work what if a lot of things comes up and besides <laughs> we're humans we never can say what is happening in the next moment the next moment of your life can demand for something that you did not even plan for and so i would say discipline yourself to do what you have to do have to do it i mean i already said that i was going to i was going to do this at this time at this time do it and that lead, led me to the third point let your goals be time bound not set goals and you leave it there it, it, it will mentally <clears throat> To mentally weigh you down one day when you see all the rules and realize you've not even attained anything. Let them be time bound. By Monday to Wednesday, I'm going to do this. By Thursday to Friday, I'm going to do this. By Saturday to Sunday, I'm going to do this. So when your goals are actually time bound, time bound rather, you will see that you will achieve those goals. You will see that <laughs> it's just a matter of time. All the goals you have on your checklist, you begin to, you begin to. You begin to actualize them, yes. And finally on that, had to be that, um, remind yourself continually that, see, if you are going to get to that pedestal you are going to get to, then excuses are not allowed. And I was not able to, to attain my goal because of this. Excuses are not allowed on the ladder to where you are going to. There are people up there, they are doing it fantastically well. And you have no excuse. So the first thing I said, no pressure. We're only motivated. The second thing I said, self-discipline. You cannot overemphasize self-discipline. And in it came delete um delete gratification. And we spoke about having your goals being time bound. And then um I had to also mention that um constantly constantly check your goals. I mean, you just write your goals and drop them somewhere and then you'll be mentally depressed when you go back to read them years back and realize, I could have done this, I could have done this. Constantly review your goals and that's what I do. You can do it every two weeks, you can do it every week. If you have the luxury of time, you can do it every day. But with the old Lagos hustle and bustle for someone like me, every day probably does not work. I can do it every three days. And then thankfully, we have planners for us now we have phone planners we have um, ad planners ad copy planners just choose what works for you the whole um point is you have to attain your goal now to the third question that someone asked i am in a toxic friendship i really want to leave but have the fear of the other person seeing me as being wicked what can i do and um, i did share my story but um i withdrew the name just for the sake of privacy I don't want to put a person out there, but yet still want to share my story. So I would say that I was I was in a toxic friendship while in school. And I'm using school because I did speak with people in school, so it's relatable with them. 
and sincerely it was mentally draining and that's the truth for those that were my roommates they'll probably bear witness to the fact that i'll probably come back to my not probably i'll come back to my hostel in the evening and then i'll be saying i don't know what i did to this friend okay probably not all of my roommates the ones i felt so comfortable with sharing that part with them and i'll say my friend has done this and done this and done this so much i got to a point that they kept asking can't you leave this friendship i mean do you have to do you have to continually say this friend is draining me something as small as spoon just because it's related to my friend can cause me to go mentally hmm. Let's not let, let me not find I can't find the adjective actually to qualify it. And it was really stressful. And guess what? Yeah, in year out, I could not end the friendship because I just felt like everyone had seen us together on my own. I felt like it was my friend. Where was I going to start um from? And where my school runs, it's basically you have your click from your Android level. So the people you get to associate yourself with from under level will probably just be your friend to the end of the day. So they are leaving that click to join another click. It might not work out. My school had to do with click, 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 click here. Some people might actually say it's not, but that is how I know that my school was operating on. Unconsciously, everyone had their click. Yes, and that was it, basically. And it was difficult. Then something funny happened. And um, one day, as my final year, and I was a temporary site of school. So my school is a temporary site, permanent site. Permanent site is where the new buildings are coming up, while the temporary site um, happens to be where the old buildings actually are. And it's quite a distance. So I was a temporary site of school. My friend wanted me to get stuffs for her. And just as I was about going to get the stuff for her, my phone rang, and it was an emergency meeting. I had to be at the meeting. I could not even wait to finish everything I had to do. Why the reason why I came to temporary side of school. And I went for my meeting. On getting to my meeting, I realized that, okay, there were stuff we had to discuss immediately. Discussed it. And I go back to the hostel pretty late. Now my phone was switched off. I got to the hostel, went straight up to my friend's room. And I remember say attacking me. Your friend has been waiting for the stuff and all. I'm sorry. Where's she? She has gone out. I came back again. She had gone out. And I basically slept off till the next day. The next day being um Sunday. And the next thing was when my friend came. She just said attacking me. You didn't come and apologize. You didn't come and say this. You didn't come and say that. And I felt bad because as soon as I entered the hostel, the first thing I did was go to her room. And I said, sorry, did your roommate not tell you that I came to your room? And she was like, no. At that point, I did not have stamina to push it. And um, long story short was, I was scared of losing this friend because I felt um, she's not going to understand it from my perspective. We're going to fight. She's going to see me as being wicked. My friend majestically walked out of my life that day. She did not even turn back to say, this is my friend for four years. She majestically stretched the door to our friendship. And it made me realize that there are, see, if you are not firm on your decision, it might hurt to when another person chooses to be firm on your, their decision. You might say that, don't let me hurt the person because of how the person will feel. What if tables turn around and the person doesn't care how you feel? I mean, people want to protect themselves most of the times. And the first thing I did at Lights there was tell your slightest of problems to God. And he has helped me, trust me. 
trust me i've learned to tell god god this is how i feel about this situation this is what i want to contain this situation and if it is in your will please let it happen and as simple as god i don't want this friendship because it divine separation between me and this person god does it and i can count countless of times that he has done for me so i would say first off tell god about this friendship you know god is the orchestra of every relationship and friendship in itself is a relationship so tell god how you feel about this relationship tell him how the other person is making it difficult for you tell him how the other person is making it toxic for you you know just learn to part your fears to god and then second thing i'll say is if possible please have a dialogue with the person because sincerely you might think of the person is the toxic one in the friendship. Guess what? She might be the one that is toxic. The person might actually be thinking of how to let go of it because the person feels you are bringing something evil to the table. So sometimes it's not that you are the bad person. Sometimes it's that we are the bad person. Then the third thing I would say is, please, there's no reason why it should be in a toxic friendship. I mean, it's not a do or die affair. You do not have to be in that friendship. Friendship is supposed to be mutual. There's supposed to be something the person is bringing to the table that is beneficial to you. If it's hurting you, please move away from it. It can cause mental problems. I don't know why I'm emphasizing this mental problem, but seriously, I think one thing you should guard is your mental health. And if anyone causes you not to be mentally stable, I think you should walk away from that person. And that's why I'm giving this advice. Just walk out of that friendship. And be firm on your decision. You know, along the line, you might see stuff that will make you feel like, why did I not just stay with this person? See, there was something more that made you leave. So it's not about the, the, the color the person is putting up now. It's about the color the person was putting up. Yes, I know the Bible says that all things are fast. They will be old. All things have become new. And the Bible says that the wisdom is the principal thing. And you know, I get things. We should get what understanding. I will end it that way. And then... um. The last thing I would say is that as regards having an old toxic friendship is just let it go. Let it go, I guess. And I did share my story there was of how when I actually let that friend go, what brought someone to my life? And trust me, this person was one person that we're not even close for the old four years I spent to find school. She came into my life and I can tell you she's my closest friend right now. Yes amazingly superb we just spoke a few minutes ago we prayed rather a few minutes ago together and you know growing up i used to see um these big ladies say that they had their tribe of ladies where they talk together where they pray together they did plan stuff together and i actually did ask myself where did i miss it it was because i did not allow the person god wanted in my life to be in my life i was allowing whom i wanted and i read an article today where someone was saying that we have to begin to realize that it's not about what we want, regardless of what it is. If it's friendship, if it's as small as conversations with people, we have to begin to realize that it's what God wants. Because sometimes we want some conversations that are very interesting. I mean, you want to hear the gist of what is happening in town. But at that point, God might want to open your eyes to an opportunity somewhere. So it's really not always about what you want, but about what god wants and we have to begin to cling to it so you may never can tell the friendship god is bringing your way that it's going to that it's going to be the bomb of your life 
B-O-M-B, bomb of your life. Exactly. So I would say, please, it's better for the person to see you as being wicked, but you're taking your life to the other next dimension that God wanted. Okay, the fourth question was, how do I let go of the pain of my past? And this is scripture I love so much and it keeps me going. By strength shall no man prevail. You really cannot let go of the pain of your past on your own. And that is why I always say that you need Jesus in the boats. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, it describes him as the same God yesterday. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever more. So he's the God of the past, he's the God of the present and he's the God of the future. So when you have him in your boat, what he does is that he knows your past. It does not define you by your past, but helps you go through what you have been in the past while in the present so you can have a wonderful and glorious, bright future. And that is why I keep saying, let Jesus be in your boat. When Jesus is in your boat, when the pain comes up, what it does is it tells the pain, peace be still. Because while he's in the boat, when it's looking like the wind wants to start blowing again, he calms it down. And if he is the God of the past, then he can help you with your present and not allowing the past to actually cause a pain to you. So I'll say the first thing is, Jesus is important, man. He is important. So what do you do? You actually hold on to him. Hold on to him. When you feel the pain of the past, tell him. It's funny how we see Jesus as the God we go and meet only when we want money and all. He wants to hear the pain that is going through your heart. He wants to hear that thing that is that is making you go gaga. He wants to hear it. And yes, that is why I'm emphasizing carry Jesus along with you in the boat. Carry him along with you in the boat. It is essential. Carry him along with you in the boat. And the second thing I will say is that forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. It has happened. It has happened. The next step is what? Letting it go and moving on. Yes, it's a part of you. But guess what? It is not you. I remember having this conversation with my sister today. And we got talking about different stuff that happened. Sorry, yesterday. And we got talking about different stuff that happened in my life. Or during the journey. And then I was talking about it and smiling. And she was like, are you really talking about this stuff and smiling and i say yes it happened to me it's a part of me you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot separate me from that stuff it happened but guess what it doesn't define me right now and that is why i'm talking about it and i am smiling so forgive yourself if i had not forgiven myself about all those stuff that happened trust me i will not have, i will not even have been telling her the ones she did not know today but forgiving myself i realized see what can man do it's part of me but then it doesn't define me any longer. Do you know what defines me? What whom Christ says I am actually does define me. And then the next thing I have to say is that build structures that do not build structures that does not remind you of your past, rather, but they remind you of the present and glorious future you have ahead. And I will divide that into two affirmations. I don't know why, but I love affirmations. I love reminding myself of whom I am in Christ, of what the future holds for me. I am blessed. I am glorious. I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. My seed call me blessed. I am a royal priest to the holy nation. My star shines brighter and brighter. The part of the righteous are blessed. I'm learning why your parts are blessed. I like affirmations and I think it does work. 
what we speak actually as a reflection of what we see. Yes, and our words are powerful. And then if Christ in his own stead could actually speak words and those words actually came into existence, it was what he spoke that he saw. Then it's what I see that I can create. Sorry, it's what I say that I can create. So what are you saying? Are you still saying this is this, this is this from the past? Or you are saying, see, it happened, it happened, but this is my future. Your past is not defined your future. Then build structures. And one of the structures I can actually lay my heart and mind on right now is healthy friends. Don't build friends that remind you of your past. Build friends that remind you of your future. I remember that sometimes when I'm down and I tell my friend, this is what has happened to me, and she tells me, my friend, yes, I'm friends to just one person here. And she tells me, babe, that is not who you are. Do you know who you are? You are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. And my friend basically reminds me of all these scriptures. And she begins to tell me a story of someone that has gone through a similar thing and has killed through. Yeah, actually, I think I'm, I'm done having the conversation. I feel energized. I feel like, yes. Devil, bring it on. You have got nothing on me, basically. So I'll say build all these structures. And, um, okay, so basically I've answered that question. Yes, I have. So the question was, how do I let go of my past? Take Jesus in the boat. It helps. It helps. I cannot underestimate that. The second thing is forgive yourself. Let it go and move on. The third thing is build structures. And we talked about affirmations. Also, friends, yours can be cancel laws. It can be listening to messages that actually gingers your faith. And like I always say, garlic your faith. Okay. So my income is relatively small. Is it possible to save? Ah, it will be difficult, but it's possible. And that is how I started. It's difficult to save when your income is um small, but it's actually very, very possible to save. And I said something, you know, this whole little drops of water make mighty oceans. It's realistic and it happens. There's this bucket at the back of my house and we usually keep it there every night because the tap at the back has this whole um place where water drops. And by the time we come in the morning, big bucket, like this paint bucket, and then we see it all filled up overnight. And I'm like, see the water dripping and see how big it is. And trust me, sometimes I use that water to wash in just few things in the morning because it's clean and all. And um, that brings me to, have you ever been in your house and you need something as small as 20 naira and you're looking for it? I don't know if it has happened to you, but it has happened to me. All you need that period is 20 naira, but you can't find it. No money is too small to save. And I have a color in my house, a saving box. And basically, the little changes I have from here, I come back, I see that random 15 naira in my purse that I probably will not need. I drop it on it. And we're trying to break my save color. That was the day before. Because it's, I just wanted to see what was inside and spend a bit of it and continue my saving. And trust me, it was so heavy. The 50-50 naira here, 50-50 naira there, 20-20 naira there, has actually summed up to be something. If you save 100 naira in a week, that's 700 naira. If you save it in a month, that's 2008. If you save it in 10 months, that's 28,000 naira. 100 naira becoming a 28,000 naira. So I would, because the emphasis is on saving here, I will not, I will not go into investments. 
But all I will say is that there is no amount too small to save. There is no amount too small to save. So regardless of how small your income is, if it's 10, 10 naira, my dear, you can save it. Ah, and the next question says, how do I deal with insecurities? And the first thing I said is, know whom you are in Christ Jesus. Know whom you are. Who are you? And don't let anybody tell you less of whom you are. And that is one thing that has helped me as an individual. Sometimes I go somewhere and they ask me, so how did you raise your head eye up there? And I tell them, see, it's not about them. It's about whom I am. Who am I? I call myself the daughter of Zion. Who am I? I am loved of God. Who am I? I begin to say these stuffs. And so even when I go out there and someone makes me realize that you are not loved yet. I'm loved by who? By the one that created everything. Why are you saying? I walk here tight there. I don't feel insecure today. Yes, so know whom you are. And know that sometimes your environment do not define, does not define whom you are. I mean, in a toxic environment and everyone there is making me feel insecure. Does not define that as being me. So know who you are. And who are we? We are who we are in Christ Jesus. So find your identity in Christ Jesus. If you find your identity outside Christ Jesus, you will feel insecure. But with Jesus, you feel secured. So I'll say find your identity in Jesus. If you find your identity in money, it's just a matter of time. You feel insecure. If you find your identity in the validation of people, it's just a matter of time. You feel insecure. If you find your identity in a material thing, it's just a matter of time. You feel insecure. So I'll say find your identity in Christ. You will be secured. And when you are secured in the word of God, you in the world, you will never be insecure. But when you are not secured in the world, you'll be insecure in the world. And the second thing I didn't make mention of is um read books. Read books. When you read books, they 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 plant this confidence in you that you never can tell. I'm talking from experience. You just feel confident because you have read this thing, you have read the person's testimony, you have read how to how to handle such situations. I mean, it builds this confidence in you. Listen to messages, listen to messages. It's just my pastor, my pastor. There are pastors out there that preach on devil sermons and they don't go against our basic doctrine as Christians. So I also listen to messages, listen to speakers. When they speak, they build something inside of you. So when something outside is coming to attack you, it needs strength inside of you. And that thing cannot overweigh you. It has to it has to succumb to that thing is meeting inside of you. So I'll say build the spirit inside of you to be able to attack the spirit outside of you. And if you don't build the spirit inside of you, you might have a problem building the spirit outside of you. So basically, those were the questions that were asked on the Godfrenshaw ladies group chat and i'm glad i was able to answer them according to the spirit of god because really it is he that gives understanding and wisdom and i'm grateful to god friendship ladies for actually inviting me on their platform it means so much to me and together we'll take up the word for christ in jesus name thank you so much for inviting omoji i'm grateful